Welcome to the Secret Sauce Podcast, the ingredients of the underdog. They can copy your ingredients, but the sauce won't taste the same. What's going on, kings and queens? It's your boy, Willis Bless, and welcome to another episode of the Secret Sauce Podcast, the ingredients of the underdogs. And listen, y'all, you know me. I ain't the type of person that hosts to talk and all this stuff. This is all about the amazing experts that we're bringing on here to provide value to the uh, the amazing people out here who are looking to get to the next level in various um, you know areas of their business. And so no further ado, I got, I got the goat on the line, you know, and I'm pretty sure y'all hit it every week. Like I got the goat. Now, everybody I bring on here is a goat. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't know what goat means, it just means greatest of all time. Right. And so um, I'm super excited to have the queen on the line. Queen, you there? I want to make sure. <laughs> yes, I'm here. I'm here. We in business. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. So queen, man, you know, let the people know what you do who you are before we get into this nice episode. Awesome. So my name is Nina Spear. I hail from Birmingham, Alabama. I went to Howard, the illustrious Howard University for undergrad. And then I went to the University of Alabama School of Law for law school. I always dreamed of being a criminal defense attorney when I grew up, especially a federal criminal defense attorney. When I graduated, I failed the bar. Then after I failed the bar, I got into this business accelerator program. And then I was like, criminal defense and business. And ever since I've been stuck on that. And as soon as I passed the bar in 2018, that's what I've been doing, criminal defense and business. And then in the pandemic, I ended up in trademarks and people really wanted to work with me on trademarks because I had to reinvent myself to get people to look at my business part of my practice a lot more because I didn't know how to market myself. And you know what I did? I invested in a course to learn how to better market myself with Dana Chambers Law in Atlanta. Got to plug my mentor. And I got all of the information I needed to get people on my team for trademarks. And now I can't go nowhere on Facebook without someone recommending me for trademarks. So that's my bread and butter. I do expungements. I do copyrights. I do contract drafting, business review. But more than that, I just listen to you. That's it's my goal. I'm trying to listen to what you need. And as long as you can be respectful to my people, I can be respectful to you. Now, if we ever have a problem with my people, you hang up the phone. I don't know who we're going to work with you, but I choose my clients and I hopefully my clients also choose me. That's my process. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And listen, Queen, I've been seeing you like and I'm just like, yo, she is a beast at what she does. She is no joke. She does not play. And I'm just loving, you know, the value that you bring to the marketplace. And so let's start here. Right. What is a trademark? And why is it important? That's beautiful. So this is the hardest part. So I want you to look in your room somewhere, some name brand product, and find it on your desk, in your room, wherever you are, if you're watching this video or listening to this podcast. It is usually a circle R next to whatever brand name item you have in your room. That is your recognition that that company actually created that product. That registered R, it means so much. It identifies the business name, the logo, the phrase that they say, just do it with Nike, the check mark with Nike, and the word Nike. I like to use Nike because I see it with, with a lot of stuff that Coach Will is wearing. So it was a good, good, awesome off opportunity. But most people don't know that trademarks just identify the source of the goods. That's it. 
They identify the source. They're the unique item or element on your brand that identifies the source. So if you're in an industry and you think that you're coming up with something creative by calling yourself the barbershop, if you just cut hair, that's it. You can't call yourself the barbershop. That's what everybody in the haircutting industry will call themselves. You have to find something distinct. Most people make that mistake. But the cool thing I want to tell you that most people don't know is you can trademark sounds, smells, signature moves. Kid you not. Yep. Usain Bolt got his whole dab trademarked in silhouette form. So you can trademark. You can. The Usain Bolt. Got yep. that's the dab. It's the it's the silhouette dab. So you can't you can't take that. You can trademark so many more things, and you can trademark product packaging. So the way that a product is designed, and get this colors. So if you got a color unique to your brand, you can give that color new meaning by branding yourself appropriately. So trademarks are so much more. But we starting with the basics, the baby, the business name, and the logo because a lot of people don't build their brand that intentionally. So we can't get past. The business name and the logo because we can't we can't see the vision of a brand it is so much more than just the name and the logo it's the colors it's the sounds and the sounds this will be fun for you the aka's got their sound sound mark it's sound mark so if you guys don't believe that people are really being intentional down to the how y'all heard the cat calls on the yard that that's there so that's something that's really cool that most people do not know, but you can do it. You can trademark every element of your brand. And most big major companies, that's what they do. That Aflac, that duck noise is trademarked. <laughs> it's called a sound mark, but yes, it is trademarked. Yeah, I just blew your mind. That is what trademarks is. They crazy. That is, that's why it's fun. That's my job. <laughs> we, all right, bye, yo, we'll see y'all next week. We shut down. <laughs> Golly. Okay. Okay. That was fire. Okay. So for people who think, well, you know, I got, you know, I got an LLC. So my mm -hmm. business is protected, right? Talk about the, the why the trademark is also an extra value to the LLC. Cause you know, people be like, I got an LLC or oh, I got another question after that, but just touch on that real quick. So I like to do it like me and my colleague. And if y'all are Still listening tonight, we'll be on Clubhouse talking about this some more. But LLCs are just that. Nobody in Georgia knows what you're making in Alabama because the Secretary of State of Georgia don't check with the Secretary of State of Alabama to make sure that your names ain't the same. So there's nobody who will know that you're using the same name except for the people in Georgia. So a lot of people, they buy the state trademark. It is worthless. It's valueless. Please stop wasting your money on it. It doesn't give people national notice. All you will have is restricted geographic notice because common law trademark only protects the areas in which you're known. So if you're not known past the people of Georgia, that's all you'll get. And then the person who registered the federal will get the rest of the states. That's how that will work out for you. And that doesn't sound very appealing because you want all the states. You don't just want Georgia. So the best course of action is a trademark because it allows you to put everybody on notice that you have a brand that they should have known was protected. And then you can sue for their profits. You can get their money because they're using your brand. And it doesn't matter if they didn't know because you put it on the trademark register. So if you want to keep your LLC name, if you want to keep it on lock and key, if you just did the LLC, all you did was create a common law trademark. That's not the same as a federally registered one. So that's my simple answer. <laughs>
It's hard. I had to think twice before I brought you on. I know you were coming with the heat. <laughs> I got to push you out a little bit more. <laughs> I'm like, yo, whatever we got to do, man, we got to push out a little bit more. Cause I know she coming with that fuego. Yo. Okay. Let's talk about this. What are the biggest common mistakes that you see people make in business when it comes to the trademark part? part? Like, And also, can you do a trademark by yourself or do you highly suggest somebody hiring somebody to walk you through that process? Go ahead, Quinn. Well, the biggest, like the big three mistakes is that you don't do the extensive search. That is really where most trademark attorneys fee comes from. The extensive search doesn't just involve me searching the database. It involves me searching Instagram, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, any form of social media, including the USPTO database, and going through about thousands or hundreds of applications to find out if anybody got an office action like your brand and that you're gonna run into that same issue, or if somebody else using the same words your brand is using got an office action issue and ended up getting told that they couldn't proceed forward. Most people don't do that. And then the second thing is they don't know it's a public application. So they put their address, they put their phone number and their email. Well, guess what? If a trademark attorney like me finds out you scammed a business, I will find your information on the trademark application because you let LegalZoom put it in. And the third is they usually don't do it by themselves. Will they let LegalZoom do it thinking they did it on their own. They didn't do nothing. They just filled it out. A computer put the information in. And if they put that information in wrong, they're going to charge them for it afterwards. And to follow up the can you do it yourself? Most people could do it themselves if they were willing to do the work to go through the records. And there's a search process. I teach a search course just so entrepreneurs can understand the top three searches. But if you go to the USPTO website, there are resources on that website to learn how to do it. Don't nobody want to do it and not because they're lazy. It is so dense. There are multiple rules, random rules like the first word being different gives your brand distinction. There's a rule about commonly used phrases, which is why Cardi B couldn't register Okert because it was so popular that she had waited too long to register. Meg the Stallion was able to get Hot Girl Summer because people actually associated it with her whenever it was said, but it took her two years to overcome that application. My question is, why would you want to do it by yourself? This application takes a year to 15 months to two years in some cases. And some people, if you have litigation where you're trying to prove that you own it and you're not, you're not messing up, some people can take eight years. It took Michael Jordan eight years to be able to get another company to stop infringing on his brand. And the only reason why he won is because he was a celebrity. Because in China, where the company was, their trademark laws are different than ours. And it has to translate in Chinese to mean the exact same thing. So people make mistakes because they don't understand the way it works. It works by a rule. And the person looking at your application is an attorney. And if you're not an attorney and you can't argue back and forth with them if you make a mistake, then you're gonna end up having a situation where you're gonna call an attorney and pay so much more later. And I've had people call me literally crying because they got federal court papers served on them because they didn't know when they filed that somebody else owned the registered trademark. And some companies are bullies. <laughs> Yo, we're gonna have to send you, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to pay her because this <laughs> game right here, we ain't even five minutes in. 
And you are literally like giving the game. I'm like, yo, when you like when you talked about the Michael Jordan Chinese stuff, how that I'm like, yo, unbelievable. Okay. Let me breathe. <laughs> Cause this is good. Yeah. I like this. All right. So when it comes to the trademark side, right? Um, one of the things that I've learned, Queen, is that an educated entrepreneur is a successful one, right? And so it's not just about you having a business, product, service, and that kind of stuff. It's understanding the stuff that nobody wants to understand. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to what the Queen says, she said, basically, you can do it by yourself. Hence, don't you dare <laughs> hire somebody to do it and get it done right the first time, right? And so what would you say um, content? Are you able to trademark content? And how does that work? So if you're trying to make sure you protect content, the better course of action would be a copyright. So content isn't really what trademark protects. Now, people have tried to use it to protect it for certain things like product packaging. And that's, I mean, that's really, really like in the, in the weeds, but content falls under copyright. So copyright is something that's in a fixed medium. So that can be something that you read, something that you hear, like music. It could be a book. It could could be your presentations. It could be this video right now. You can copyright your videos. You can copyright your choreography for your dances off of TikTok. You can do pretty much anything with copyright except for the things like a name, a slogan, and things like that. The word elements and things like that go to trademark. If you want to do content, you put it in copyright. But the cool thing that's different from a trademark and a copyright application is if you wait and you don't publish it and put it on pre-order and not everybody can buy it, is that you can put 10 things in one application. So you don't have to do, you know, one application per item. If you've got 10 videos, 10 podcast episodes, you can take all of those episodes and put them in the same application as long as you haven't licensed them out and are benefiting from them financially. That's what published versus unpublished means at the basic level, but it's really about licensing what you're doing. If you've just recorded the episode and you just posted on YouTube and you ain't made no money off of it and you ain't licensed it to all these companies to use yet, then it's not published and you can put it all in one application. But it's one caveat, it's gotta be the same type. So you can't go put in a book and a sound and we put my mixtape, it don't work like that. You gotta do the same type of thing. But those applications are $80 to file, right? That's the filing fee. And if you really wanted to do it on your own, you can. The thing is, when you get the application, you open it up and you're like, but what is this? And what is this? And I need to call an attorney about, I wanna do this one because they don't give you your money back. Neither the trademark office or the copyright office is going to give you your money back. And that's the hard part is people don't get it because they don't want to research the learning resources that are on their website. They don't want to read them. And they're like, I'm just going to file it and see what happens. If that ever worked out for anybody in life, it was accidental, not intentional, and it's hard to replicate. So that's one thing that I have learned is that content, just before you do a presentation somewhere, before you do anything, before you release it, just copyright it first because the protection starts when you file. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all, y'all, she's supposed to come in for trademark, but she gave you some game on copyright too. So <laughs> y'all, y'all owe her. I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Man, like, this is unbelievable, man. This game is serious. You're really giving a masterclass out. <laughs> I really am. I should do another one. I feel like yeah. I should. It's coming up tonight. Clubhouse. See y'all. Clubhouse. y'all <laughs> be there. All right. So, all right. So, 
give me a horror story. Give me somebody who came to you and they thought everything was straight. And then all of a sudden it was just like, oh my God. And you was able to help them walk through that process. So they had filed via LegalZoom and LegalZoom filed and it wasn't really a bad horror story, but it was a horror story in which they would have given up otherwise. Most clients give up because they don't know how to overcome something called an office action. Once they get it and it says 2D on it, which is confusingly similar, that's the scariest one of all. If you ever see that on an application, just call a lawyer. Please do not try to respond yourself. You get one, one bite and then they'll send you a final and then we'll be, we'll be done. But it was for a common word slang in our language, you know, ebonics. It was slang. And I really thought the trademark examiner was wrong. So I wrote this. I like I could I didn't have no like examples of how to do this particular item. I was like, well, I'm just gonna find somebody's thing and try to figure it out myself because I'd never seen the argument for it. So I argued it and I kid you not, I think I found like 50 plus examples of why my trademark or my client's trademark should be allowed to go through. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, it was really scary. And I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I never filed a re- response to an office. That was my first response ever to an office action. And it was my first one for a 2D. And 2Ds are like, I mean, that can put a nail in your whole brand. People have had to rebrand their whole business off of getting a confusingly similar because they can't overcome that, that argument that the examiner made. And so after I submitted my 12-page memo and my 100 pages of proof, with the memo. So people are like, your feet too high. Look, you don't know what I have to do to put this together for you. Yeah. It went through. Like it went through for the client. And not only did it go through, like I got to patronage the client's business, but they came from LegalZoom. Like they did it on their own and LegalZoom didn't really offer anything but to charge them more to do it. But they could have easily seen if they had looked it up done the extensive search that it was more than likely because there was a word that was common in the industry that it was going to get an office action they could have made them aware at the beginning and then they would have been prepared for my fee so they had to pay not just me but they paid legal zoom for a trademark that they didn't even help them take to completion i did (laughs) so it's crazy people use stuff all the time and then run into that issue and legal zoom gonna abandon you and send you to another attorney that's going to charge you $900 per hour, this fee, that fee, and they charge you more for filing fees on LegalZoom than they do most trademark attorneys. Most trademark attorneys just charge you what the filing fee is. LegalZoom, I think, charges $500 to $600 so that they can make money. (laughs) It's $350 for the filing fee. So they they literally charge you more. (laughs) Yo, okay, okay. Now it's crazy because, you know, I'm starting to get the hang of this. Starting to get the hang of this. And so there was there was a friend of mine who created hats, right? I guess like the hat was like a woman's hat. And um, I guess like the back of the hat, like this was like so open. And then you have like a ponytail come through. So they grabbed stuff from Alibaba, got it, shipped, and they started selling it. But then somebody contacted them and they were like, yo, you can't, that's mine. <laughs> And so I can sue you. So I'm like, was the pattern trademarked or what happened? So how did they get the design? Who created the design that went on the hat? Shoot, they just made it. They were just like, yo, Alibaba, this is what I seen. This is what I want to do. I guess they seen some type of concept online 
I'm like, yo, I'm going to take that and I'm going to run with it. Oh, so they made a derivative copy of somebody else's work. They didn't know. They, that's, that's, that's what it is, though. They made a derivative copy. So you see something like, I was inspired by this. Okay, yeah. you heard what you said, right? Inspired. Right. So in the fashion industry, confusingly similar is just confusingly similar. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing at all. It could be a slight variation that you did and drafted yourself. But if it looks like something that's already been trademarked, he can't sell it. It's just like creating the same thing, but calling it yours. Because logos or design marks in the industry, those are trademarkable. And if the logos look similar, if you hold them up next to each other and they both selling hats and they both selling clothing and they're both using that same logo, it's possible that someone would associate their logo with his logo. And then it's confusingly similar in the industry and the money doesn't know where to go to because they got people getting in trouble and trademarks are used for counterfeiting. So how would we be able to tell the difference between his product and his product if they're the same type of logo? So a lot of people don't know that trademarks are used because people are counterfeiting things that are serious like drugs and then things that are not so serious like bags and things like that. But drugs are important nowadays because of the pandemic. If you had a counterfeit drug put into the, the, the medicine you're using, you could get sick. And so trademarks are usually used in the context of counterfeiting, because if you don't, if you can't tell the difference in the industry between the two products, you don't know which is actu actually the true product or, or a fake one. All right, that's it. That's it. <laughs> queen, we ain't giving no more heat. That is enough heat. Yes. Literally, Queen, I want you to let them know where they can work with you at, where can they connect with you at, where can they find you at? And I'm telling y'all right now, she is the best in the game. <laughs> she is she is the best in the game. And so she just broke down basic stuff. And she told y'all, y'all can do it. <laughs> y'all can go ahead. <laughs> Here's the thing. Just understand when you mess up, you want to pay $900 for a lawyer per hour. You want to pay this fee, that fee, that fee. And so basically what she's trying to tell you, if you do it right the first time, you ain't got to do it right the second time because they're already done right the first time. So Queen, let them know all your information. Talk to them. Awesome. So I usually tell people to go to connectwithninanow.com. So it's connectwithninanow.com. It is a vanity URL, but it'll get you there to the same goal. Um, and just click the one that says Nina R. Spear Law Firm. There are teaching and educational courses, of course, that I provide because I do business consulting mostly. Um, but my law firm specializes in trademarks. So if you want done for you services, definitely come. If you want to actually have consulting on your business stuff and you just want the education, you want to learn how to do what I'm talking about, come to any of the courses. I have a trademark your brand masterclass, like 17 bucks. It'll give you the insights to understand what's in there. Like, what do you need? And it's from a, a Black-owned business that I love supporting that was helping other Black-owned businesses. So if you want to do it, you can also see my name, Nina Spear. If you literally look me up on Google, you will find me. I'm not being, you know, full of myself. Like, I just did the Google SEO that I needed to do. So that's my point. You guys can just reach out. Now, you might not always get me because, you know, there's systems to this, but you will always get an informational intake form and be able to take the next steps. But go to my website. You can complete our intake form. And come talk to me. And, and you said your social media is too, Queen? Of course not. But if you go to Nina, N-E-E-N-A underscore R-A-N-I on Instagram, 
All my socials will be listed, but if you can't find it, lnk.bio forward slash Nina Ronnie for Queen is up there at the top and all my socials will be included. If you ever need anything, just look, just text the office 205-490-8068 saying we love Will's show. Tell me you came here and the office will send you my contact card directly. So thank you so much for having me, Will. This has been amazing. <laughs> Please, we're going to get you back on here for part two. Um, that's for sure. Um, shoot, we may tag team. We may have you and your sis come up here. I see y'all be going in. So we may have both of y'all at the same time. Come to the clubhouse room. It's going to be fire. <laughs> I'm trying to tell y'all, man, like, I, I'm so thankful for the work that you're doing, really helping entrepreneurs to like not only solidify the business, but solidify their generational wealth and their legacy. Like People don't understand the importance of these things that need to be in place. And so I always ask every single expert that comes on at the end of the podcast, basically because it's the secret sauce. And so there are underdogs out there. What would be your ingredient to those underdogs right now? And just the ingredient is just something of, you know, a motivation or uplifting or just, you know, anything that's on your heart that you would want to say to an underdog right now. Oof, it's been on my heart for a while. No story. It's so powerful that you can't afford to build a brand and not know how to communicate what your vision is, what your plan is, and what your objectives are in the next two years, five years, and 10 years. Because up to 10-year mark, you need me. All right, I got to help you renew your application for your trademark and all that. So if you can't communicate that to me for a trademark application, how are you going to communicate it to somebody you want to invest and fund your business. Trademarks is just making you aware of how much you haven't thought about the services and the goods that you plan to offer. So think about your story, but think about the strategies you want to get there. Do you want to make this just one thing or do you have many things? And when you know your story, your brand and vision will be in alignment and we can be in alignment. We can start thinking of solutions for you together, but it's only if you know your story. And knowing one story means that maybe you got to wake up early, okay? I've been pushing that a lot lately, but you don't have time if you wake up late to think about what your story is. You don't have time if you wake up late to get the access to the funding that's out there. There are people waiting to pay you, but they wake up early. So please wake up, think about your story, write it down, think about it. Nina, the last brand, which is my business consulting business, came to me in a dream. I had a notepad by my bed and I just wrote it down and the rest was history. So you have to do this with your brand so that you can go to the next level. Otherwise, you're just gonna be telling me, I wanna trademark for something. And I'd rather you know what it is than me just trademark anything. Boom! Let's go, y'all. Listen, y'all. Again, it's your host with the most, with the Queen Nina, coming to let y'all know: don't live just to exist, live to be remembered. Don't ever allow anybody to make you forget who you are and what you've been called to be. Because I promise you, it's an honor to be an underdog. Just keep going, all right. And so, again, so I see you next time. Be great because you are great. Let's get, let's grow. Let's be great.